0: Welcome to the City Collective podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create
1: space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. Well, today's uh, scripture reading is from Book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 33. If you want to follow, you can open your Bible. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all, those, all these who are speaking Galileans? then how is it that each of us hears them in our, own, in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elam, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Regia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the leaven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose, it's only I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord.
2: And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, As you yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it is impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, but you will not, you will not let your Holy One de- see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried. His tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place the one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was, co- what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life. We are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. This morning we get to hear from Pastor Ryan Delblanc and we're really grateful that, um, that he's here this morning and with his wife Astrid. Um, they have been, we've been privileged actually to be a part of a, a group of other young pastors with them and it's been really wonderful to have that type of relationship and We're really excited to hear from Pastor Ryan this morning, specifically um, on the Holy Spirit. We're just so excited to be be blessed, really, with what you have to say and and what we know that the Spirit has spoken to you. So would you give him a big round of applause, because we love Pastor Ryan.
0: Thank you. Well, awesome. Good morning. You can hear me? I think I'm on. Yes? Good. Awesome. You can hear me. That's an important thing. Uh, otherwise, this will be a very awkward 30 minutes uh, with you guys. Well, I'll just me opening my mouth and you guys just sitting in silence. But uh, it's a privilege to be here together again with my wife, Astrid. Um, uh, yeah. uh, Over the last uh, few months, I've had the opportunity to visit a few different churches and uh, share the word, and it is a great joy. I'm a raging extrovert, uh, and so uh, strangers are just friends that I haven't met yet, um, but also we are part of one family. And so the good news is no matter where we go in the world, whether it's in Paraguay or New York uh, or uh, Campbell River or here in uh, the city of Langley, um, the joy is is that we're part of one family family. Uh, And so it's good to be here together. Uh, It was a joy worshiping with you. I just love the sense uh, of God's presence here with us. But was also evidence was your hunger uh, for the Holy Spirit uh, was evident. And I think as a response, um, it's amazing that when we hunger for the Lord, he, He often shows up. And so I, I can sense that in you uh, as a community, that you guys, and that's what I've heard, you've been seeking after the Lord. Um, and I'm excited to hear, uh, to be here with you today, but also to hear ongoing uh, what God's going to do in and through you. Uh, another thing about me, uh, I have a hand tremor. So if you see my hands shaking, I'm not nervous. They kind of always shake and I just had some caffeine, which makes it worse. But um, So sometimes I go to a place and they're like, oh, poor guy. He's so nervous. Don't worry, they're just shaky hands, it's okay. Um, uh, But today I'm excited to bring the word and as I was preparing, I was thinking about something. Uh, Who here loves a party? Anybody love a party? I'm assuming most of us would put our hands up, um, uh, but we love to get together. Uh, parties are a good time where we, we gather with people, there's normally good food, uh, uh, and it's a fun time. And I could uh, think about, uh, uh, my birthday was in January, um, and my wife and I were talking, hey, what do you want to do? Uh, Astro's birthday is December, mine's January 11th, if you want to get me a gift. Um, but um, we were thinking, Astrid, what do you want to do for your birthday? And she's like, I'd like to do something quiet. We'll just get dinner. That's what, I, that's what Astrid wants. I'm like, that's great. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, and then for my birthday, she's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, wow, well, how many people can we get together? And so we had a party at my sister's house uh, where we invited friends and family from little kids up to senior citizens. Uh, that's my dad. But we, um, we got together and we had a hot dog buffet where there was like four types of hot dogs, different buns, different toppings, kimchi and bacon and cheese. And it was a really good time together. And I, it was an awesome birthday party because it was really fun to be together. Uh, but as we think about birthday parties, uh, especially when someone gets a little bit older, there's a little dilemma. Do we, what, we, we go to the birthday party and we have to wonder, am I supposed to bring uh, a gift? You know, they're older, what do they want? They don't want Lego anymore. What would I possibly buy for somebody? But what's interesting about birthdays and parties is that often we give gifts. We think about Christmas time. We gather together as a family. If you're Scandinavian like me, we do it on uh, Christmas Eve evening. But most of you on Christmas Day morning, you exchange gifts. Often parties and gifts are together. And in our text that we read this morning that we're going to look at There's a party going on. The party's called Pentecost, the Feast of Pentecost, uh, which was uh, one of the big feasts uh, uh, for Israel. And people would gather together in Jerusalem from all over the known world. And they'd gather to celebrate, harvest, new beginnings, first fruits. And there's this party going on, the party of Pentecost. What's interesting is that at this party is that God has a gift. That often at someone's birthday, we give a gift. And at the birth of the church, the Father through the Son has a gift for the church. And the gift is the Holy Spirit. This morning, we want to think about a simple idea is that the Holy Spirit is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. And as we navigate through the text, we want to think about this gift. This gift which changes everything. It transforms things. Uh, Pastor Jason last week reminded us that the Holy Spirit produces life. That there's something major that shifts when the Holy Spirit comes and fills the church. We can see, see it in the disciples. We see disciples who weeks before were terrified and abandoned Jesus who then as a result of receiving this gift have boldness to preach and to, go, to the, go into the world to proclaim the message of Jesus. It transforms things. It transforms the life of the church. And so we want to look uh, through this text. And as we look, there's so much that could be said. Uh, which we're not, we're not going to be able to cover in the few moments we have together. So if you want to have a conversation about tongues later, let's do that. If you want to talk about uh, some, of his, uh, some of the sermon that Peter preaches, we could talk about that later. What we want to focus, though, is on the gift of the Spirit. And we want to look at the text, and there's kind of three questions I want to look at as we look to the text. And then as we finish, I think there's a question the text would ask of us. And so we have three questions we're going to look at. And then there's a question that we're going, to look, we're going to have for us here today. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. That's pretty good. Okay, I'm from more charismatic churches, and so sometimes that's a louder response, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> so I'll know that you're with me. I'll, I'll say this. Uh, you've probably heard other pastors say that. The louder you are, the faster I preach. Because my assumption is, is that you're understanding what I'm saying, and then I don't have to repeat myself. But um, that's a charismatic joke for preachers. But, so let's think of this text. And so the first question we want to think about as we, uh, we, we look at Pentecost... We want to think about this question is, what is the gift? What is this gift? Sometimes we miss the gift in the, in the story of Pentecost because we're distracted by mighty rushing winds, which is awesome. And we're a bit distracted by tongues of fire, fantastic. But in all of that, we miss what the actual gift is. The gift isn't a cool experience with smoke and lights. That's awesome and that's from God. It's from heaven. But the key is, is that God is bringing a gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so I think it's important when we think about what is the gift, is first we have to remember that that's actually not the right question, what is the gift? The question should be is, who is the gift? Because we're not thinking about a thing when it comes to the gift of the Spirit. When we're thinking about Pentecost, we're thinking about a person. We're thinking about the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The gift for the church is the Holy Spirit himself. And that is what is poured out upon the church. So we read in verse one uh, to four. Uh, verse uh, we're in verse two, uh, uh, chapter two, verse one to four. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered together in one place. So who's the they there? <laughs> uh, I like how that sounded. Who's the they there? Um, well, that's the disciples. We hear that there's 120 followers of Jesus. We have the apostles, and we have uh, others that are there. We have women, and we have others that have been gathering. Jesus has said, I want you to wait and you will receive power. And so what they're doing is they've been waiting. Pentecost means 50 days. And so 50 days after the Passover, when Jesus uh, was uh, his death, burial, and resurrection, the disciples now have been waiting for 10 days. And we find ourselves at Pentecost together. So they're all together in one place, waiting for this promise, waiting for this gift. And suddenly, uh, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. So they were meeting in a house. Uh, it's interesting. Uh, one thing I love reading this about the text is they weren't meeting in a super special place. It wasn't like it was in a temple or in an a extravagant. They were just meeting in a house in an upper room uh, is where they were waiting for this to come. And the, uh, a wind comes in, a loud wind, and fills the place. Verse 3. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. So these, these are symbols. Wind and fire are, are symbols in Scripture of the Holy Spirit, of Him coming and moving. But what's interesting is that these tongues of fire, we, they rest on each and every one. There's about to be a radical shift in the church, a radical shift in how God engages with his people. Throughout the Old Testament, we see that God would come on specific people for specific times, for specific tasks. And now at Pentecost, we see tongues of fire on each of them. This is a symbol to remind us that this gift of the Holy Spirit is for Every believer. God is changing how he's engaging in this day to work in and through his people. And it's not specific people, specific moments, specific tasks. It's now he has come to dwell in his people on each and every one. And then it says in verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. So the wind has filled the room and now the Spirit has filled the people. And filled with the Holy Spirit. Ghost. This is the gift. This is the promise that they've been waiting for. It's not a thing. It's a person. That the Holy Spirit has come and filled his people. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. We see this amazing act of God. And so we see that there's, again, there's this change, and sometimes we get distracted. Uh, but again, they're, they're, they're speaking in tongues, and like, what are tongues? Uh, we think about, um, we're, <laughs> I love when you read in the text, people think they're drunk, and we get focused. What does that mean? That they, and we get confused. But here's the amazing thing, is that the Holy Spirit has come and filled and now dwells his people. This is an amazing truth that God himself wants to come and fill and empower his, peace, his, his people. It's not a power, it's a person. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is an amazing thing for us. And he comes and he fills and he powers believers that we would live for Christ, that we would be on mission. It's about life and multiplication. It's about producing in us the power and ability to be God's people, his representatives in the world and God himself. What a scandalous thing. What an amazing thing that God himself would dwell humans and he would fill us And flow from us that the promise is that the Holy Spirit himself wants to dwell in you what an incredible thought so we can think about what is the gift or more appropriately who is the gift the gift is God himself that he has come to fill his people but another question we can think about is who is it for who is this gift for? Again, if, uh, if I came and had a, a, a wrapped box or something or a bag, because let's be honest, anybody here like wrapping presents, like wrapping boxes? Is that that's someone, I know some of you love it. I'm like terrible at it. It's not just because I have shaky hands, but you know, it's trying to get it to look neat and I just can't do it. So I like the default and I think some of the men agree. Better than a box is a bag. You get one of those bags and you throw some tissue that coordinates and they often just do that at Walmart for you. And then you can give them a gift. And so if we give someone a gift, their question might be, before they unwrap it, is what's inside? What's the gift? And then they might ask this question, is it for me? Well, So the question is, is who is this gift for? We're thinking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Who is it for? We already thought about it in verse one, the, in this context. who is it for? Who received the gift? Who is the "they? And it was disciples. Those who had walked with Jesus, those who had followed Him uh, had been, uh, again, the, 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 the 11, and plus others that had been with them, 120 followers of Jesus. They were the ones that received this promise that we hear about in Joel this promise of the Holy Spirit coming and filling his people. And the first ones are the 120 believers, those who have been waiting, those who have been asking, those who are ready to receive. I always think, like, what did they do for those 10 days? We know a little bit they were trying to figure out who the next apostles would be. But they maybe have thought, okay, we're going to wait. And if you're like us in a culture that loves things instantly, they might have been... We've been in this upper room for 20 minutes and nothing's happened yet. And then they get a few more days. Three days, we're still waiting. Ten days eventually. But here's the good news. The gift is worth waiting for. And those disciples who've been waiting, and who've been ready, receive this amazing gift. But we also find out more that it's not just for those 120 that the Holy Spirit would fill. It's for more. And we read it this morning. I love that we read through the whole text. That's fantastic. We want to see what we're looking at today. But we hear, again, Peter gets up in front of everybody. Uh, He sees, again, people, are they drunk? What's going on? There's a lot of people. This is a Pentecost party is a big party. And so there are people from all over the place. It's a busy place in Jerusalem. And he stands up and he delivers a message. And part of his message, one of the key things, is from the prophet Joel. And so he reads to them and he says this prophecy because they're wondering, what's going on? What is, what's happening here? And Joel, who understands through the Holy Spirit what's happening, can declare this to them. And he says this, and in the last days, Joel says, in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour up my spirit on all flesh. There's this promise that, and it says in the last days, what are those last days? Uh, Many scholars, and I would agree, uh, is that the last days are from Jesus' resurrection to his return, that he has come to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And it says, and on your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall see dreams. We recognize here that this promise is for all flesh. It's It's for men and women. It's for older people. It's for younger people. Even on my male servants and female servants, we see it's irrespective of even their social status. It doesn't matter the size of your bank account. The Holy Spirit has come to fill believers of all of these different kind of backgrounds that the Holy Spirit wants to fill and be poured out. This word poured out is this idea of an flow. Uh, it's this gushing uh, is uh, what I was studying the word. I love that word gushing. Do you guys remember gushers? Anybody know what a gusher is? Some of the old people don't know but the younger people do. It was this little candy and on the inside there was this liquidy part so you would eat it and kind of gross so it would squirt in your mouth but when you're a kid it's a bunch of sugar and you think it's awesome. That's kind of like the Holy Spirit is this, this gushing, this overflowing of the Holy Spirit on all flesh. All flesh. Just like in this room, there's, those who are, there's men and there's women, there's younger, there's older, those who are maybe in areas of influence, those who are not. That the promise is that God wants to come and pour out his spirit on all of his people. People just like you. The, whole spirit, the Holy Spirit has come. And that reminds us is that it's not only just for those 120, it's for all flesh and that includes you. Acts chapter 2, we we didn't get to verse 38, but I'm going to jump ahead. And if I'm uh, trampling on uh, Pastor Jason's sermons next week, he can forgive me because he loves Jesus. Uh, But I want to read this for us in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you. So Peter's still preaching this sermon. The sermon that's going to result in thousands of people trusting in Jesus being added to the church. Jesus is preaching, or uh, Peter is preaching, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sin. So we first see uh, something we're going to pick up later. This is for those who have trusted in Jesus. And it says, you will receive the gift of the Spirit. That's that language, the gift of who is the Holy Spirit. The promise is for You. So he's speaking to that crowd now, not just the 120, but now to thousands of people who have come. And he's preaching the sermon. The gift is for you. And I lost my space. Uh, I'm going to, is for you. Oh, there we go. Is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord will call. So who's this gift for? It's not just for those in this specific historical moment. It's for all who are far off. Guess what? If Jesus has called you and you've responded by turning from your sin and trusting Jesus alone for your salvation, you're part of those who qualify. (laughs) That his desire is that he would pour out, overflow, abundance, gushing, Holy Spirit, indwelling and filling you who are far off. That's who we are today. The Holy Spirit, this gift is for you. God has a gift for all of us, a gift for you. And I don't know about you, I love a good gift. I I love good gifts. And so he has a gift for you. This promise is for sons and daughters, not for super Christians. (laughs) I can remember growing up and again, a fairly charismatic, okay, not fairly, very charismatic background. And sometimes when it came to the gift of the Spirit, sometimes people would feel this, Oh, I couldn't possibly be the one that it's for. That's for those like elite Christians. And the way you know they're elite is if they start speaking in tongues. And we think that, oh, there's this special class, like the, the delta force of Christians, that the Holy Spirit's for them, but not for lowly me. Wrong! It's for all of us. For all who the Lord would call, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you. That's the gift. It's available for you. The Holy Spirit wants to come and fill his people. I love that they even say in the text. So as a result of this filling, uh, they're worshiping God in this upper room, and they're speaking in different languages, and they're speaking in tongues. And I love the people, their confusion, what's going on here. They note that they're Galileans. They're like, how do these Galileans know our languages? Galileans aren't known for their eloquence of speech. But God fills them which is really exciting for me because I'm not known for my elegance of speech and you may not be either, but God wants to fill you because he wants to fill all who are called by him. He has a gift and the gift is for you. But this is exciting news. that The gift doesn't stop there. It's not just for you. The gift is also for the nation. The gift is also for others. And how do we see that in the text? We, we read it in verse 5 to 13. It talks about how they're praising God in the upper room. And then those who are outside come in because they've heard this amazing sound. of, And they start hearing this worship. They start hearing God being proclaimed. And people from many countries, many different languages. Here's the thing. The Holy Spirit pours into his church in the upper room and then it overflows into the streets of the party of Pentecost and the nations here. The thing we need to remind ourselves is that we aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't come and dwell us just for us. He does do things in us. He wants to help us to produce holiness and life. He wants us to know intimacy with the Lord, to know God's word. But he, this filling is an overflowing. It's a pouring, it's a gushing. And so the Holy Spirit comes in and fills and then pours out of us. So a Pentecost, it pours into the streets and people start hearing about Jesus in their own language as they are just worshiping and declaring what God is doing. This is about the nations. Again, one scholar says this about the Pentecost party. It was the best attendant of the great feast because traveling conditions were at their best. There was never a more cosmopolitan gathering in Jerusalem than this one. It doesn't surprise me that God, whose very mission is that the nations would be blessed chooses Pentecost that he would fill his people because the nations were there that they might hear what God was doing. We cannot separate Pentecost and the gift of the Holy Spirit from the very mission of God to redeem the world. This can happen in some charismatic churches. They focus so much on the gifts and the experience that they forget why they were empowered. They were empowered for the mission to be about proclaiming Jesus. That if we would be filled and then overflowing, that others would respond. That we would be those empowered witnesses to the ends of the earth. Pentecost is about the mission of God. That God wants everyone to hear about him. Pentecost is that wheat harvest. It's the beginning of a new harvest. This is the beginning of the church. And God has a great harvest of those he wants to reach for him. And no surprise, it happens at Pentecost when the nations are there. We live in light of Pentecost. And the harvest is ready to hear the good news from spirit-empowered disciples of Jesus. The world, the harvest is ready today in Langley, the mainland in British Columbia, Canada, Paraguay, and to the ends of the earth for spirit empowered messengers to bring the message of Jesus. This is important. Thinking about who the uh, who the gift is reveals something about the gift. Again, it's so important to, to God that His mission be accomplished in the world that He sends the Holy Spirit Himself to dwell. in in us, God is serious about his mission, so serious that he dwells us himself to empower us to reach the nations. Last question we want to look at the text, then, one question for us. Uh, how much time do I have? I don't normally ask that, but I didn't even ask when I started. Should I keep going? Keep going. We'll keep going. Here we go. Last question is this important question. So, we've thought about uh, uh, who is it? What is the gift or who's the gift? Who is it for? But the important question is, who is it from? Who is it from? In verse 33, in Acts chapter 2, the last verse that we read, it's super important. It says, uh, exalted, thinking about Jesus, exalted to the right hand of God. This is Jesus. He has received from the Father. So we hear about the Father has given something to the Son He's received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit. And then Jesus has poured out what you now see and hear. So who's the gift from? The gift is ultimately from the Father. The Father has given to the Son the gift of the Spirit. Jesus then himself pours the Spirit upon the church. And then we are filled and we receive this gift. If the gift has come from the Father through the Son, it indicates something about the gift, Primarily, I think that it's good. The gift is good. There are many of us who don't want to receive the gift and the filling of the Holy Spirit because of fear. I know this. I've heard about this myself. A lot of people, they hear about the gift and they think about, they read about Pentecost and they hear about the tongues and they they get a little bit nervous. And there might be some in the room that are a little bit, I don't know about this kind of stuff. We'll just leave that for the Pentecostals and we'll read the word over here. Um, but we don't know about this, we, we, we wonder. Uh, but I want to remind us, this gift, the Holy Spirit himself, if it comes from the Father, it's a good gift that God desires for us. We don't need to be afraid from it. If it's from the Father through the Son poured into the church, it's good. Something that we should desire, something that we want. Some of the reason why some people maybe are afraid or leery or skeptical about the gift of the Holy Spirit, some of them have been uninformed. They actually don't even know. We read, uh, later read this about the believers in Ephesus in Acts chapter nineteen, and they said, to, and he said to them, did you, read, re, "Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" And they said, "No, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit." So one of the reasons why some people haven't received the gift is they didn't even know it was an option on the table. They would never seen the you know the box with the f- the tissue. And I'm joking, but they haven't. They didn't even know it was an option. So they sometimes we're afraid of the things we don't even know. Um, and so there's those that have just been uninformed. They didn't even know. Sometimes it's a result, and I don't know which kind of church you grew up in, but maybe your church preached the Father, the Son, and the Holy Scriptures. And they forgot about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And they never actually taught about the Holy Spirit. So you didn't even know it was an option because you never got there. And so my hope is that as you navigate through this series on the Holy Spirit is that you would in a fresh way have an understanding of who the Holy Spirit is, how he moves in the life of the believer and wants to empower even you today. Uh, Again, some of them are, people are afraid. Again, it's unknown. How is this going to work? What's it going to look like? They get a little bit nervous. Is everything, are the walls going to shake here? Am I going to become a weird person that people think is drunk during nine o'clock in the morning because of this whole thing? Hey, just... It's a good gift from a good father, but also I want to remind you when the Spirit descended on the sign that is his baptism, he came as a dove. I want to remind you we have a good God who's a gentle God, and he is a good gift for you. Uh, again, sometimes what we, we are afraid really is this, is that we're going to lose control. For some of us, that's our problem with receiving the gift. It's because it, we, we don't know what the result's going to be. I'm, we, we, the Holy Spirit, come fill me, and then we're nervous about what the result is. Because here's the thing is that we cannot control the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit who gave the utterance, It's the Spirit who, f- the, f- the wind came from heaven. The Spirit, the gift giver decides what it might look like. We come ready to receive, and, we, and part of that surrendering to the Holy Spirit I I want you, and I want you to do what you want to do. We can't control the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we want our Christian faith to be neat and tidy. And we say, I want you, Holy Spirit, can you just come on Sunday mornings between 10.30 and 11.30, and that would be great. No, the Holy Spirit wants to invade your whole life, and sometimes it might be awkward for you, but guess what? He has boldness to help you overcome that. And he is a good gift to give you. Others might have been uninformed or misinformed about the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been told that the being filled with the Spirit, all this kind of Spirit stuff, uh, that ended a long time ago. I want to encourage you it's not. We're living in the age of the Spirit. And the Spirit wants to come and fill the church. This, until he returns, we've got a mission to accomplish. And if we don't have the Holy Spirit, we have no way to accomplish the mission. The church needs the living and powering of the Holy Spirit to accomplish this large mission. So until Jesus comes back, we depend and rely and need the Holy Spirit. Some of you maybe grew up in a church that literally taught you this, that speaking in tongues is from the devil. Uh, I want to encourage you that the scriptures say it's a good gift from the Father and that the disciples speak in tongues. It's probably not from the devil. Um, And now that's not to say that maybe in some places the gift has been abused. But the gift of grace has been abused by other believers, and we don't stop preaching grace now, do we? The Holy Spirit has come, and he wants to fill all of us. He's got good gifts for us. Luke chapter 11 reminds us of this in verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? When we ask for the Holy Spirit, God's not giving something to harm us. He's giving something to empower us, to live for him, to be empowered for his mission in the world. And we trust that he's a good father and he gives good gifts to his kids kids like you and me so we've asked three three questions of the text now i think the text kind of asks a question of us if this is a promise for all those who are far off for those who've been called the question for us is will you receive it this grace of god this gift there's no skill test in question <laughs> it's a gift it's not based on your excellence it's based on who he is this is a promise from God. It's a gift, not a reward. You can't earn the empowering of the Holy Spirit. It's not based on my performance of the message that I brought today. It's not based on if we have a synth player that plays nice pads in the background. So it's, it's, it's not based on the performance of me or your performance. That's, it's based on the promise of the Father. It's a gift that's been offered. It's, it's almost like the, the box has been handed. And now we have a choice. Do we come and just receive it? Because that's what we do. We receive the gift. So maybe what are some thoughts? How do we receive the gift? Well, first, we need to surrender to the Spirit. You might call that salvation. When we are saved, we are responding to the Spirit moving in our hearts, empowering us through faith to turn to Jesus and to make him Lord of our lives. So first, we need to, if you want to receive the gift, you need to have first surrender to the Spirit in salvation. The gift is for believers you must be born of the Spirit before you can receive the gifts of the Spirit. How else do we receive it? There's some characteristics that we kind of see for in the Ark text today of those who received the gift. It wasn't that they were super Christians, it wasn't that they were eloquent, it wasn't because of all sorts of things. But some of the things that we see for those who might, characteristics maybe of those who receive, Are those who are disciples those who are seeking those who are waiting those who are on mission those who are desperate those who are hungry we want to and i sense that in you that there's a lot of you who are hungry for more and some of you don't even know what that looks like but you know you want it because it's from the lord and so we want to be those that ask again the the father wants to give us a gift to those who would ask and for a lot of believers it's never occurred to us that we should even ask Or maybe from fear we haven't asked. My hope is today is that today for those, maybe this is, you've never received this gift of the Holy Spirit that today you would just ask and then wait and trust him. We don't need to make things fancy and spooky, I don't know, for some people. We just simply come to a good father who has a promise to fill us with his spirit and overflow us and we just say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to come and fill me. And then we wait to see what he would do. He's going to bring some transformation. And I'm, again, in, in a number of weeks, we're going to talk about some of the gifts of the Spirit. I love this idea that the Father gives the Son a gift. The Son pours it into the disciples. The disciples, like us, are so filled with this gift that then God uses us to give gifts to the world. It's not a, God wants to give good gifts through you, but we need the gift to be empowered to do that very thing. So what I want to do now is we're just going to simply take a moment um, uh, for this gift. So we don't need to beg. It's a gift from a good father. We might have to wait. and so We're just going to take a moment to to wait. Um, So we're going to finish in prayer. I I want to encourage also one quick thought. For those who've who've received this gift before, we read in Paul's instructions to the church of Ephesus, he says, be filled with the Spirit. And that word be filled there isn't a one-time thing. When it comes to this filling of the Holy Spirit, it's a be being filled, a continual action. That as we, the only way that we're going to be able to successfully live for Jesus, live holy, live focused on mission, understand the word, fulfill the God's promises and call in our life, and to reach in the world is we continually need this f- infilling and flowing of the Holy Spirit. You need it, I need it, the world needs it. Because need, the world needs to hear from those who are filled and empowered by the Spirit. So I'm going to pray. And I believe we have some prayer team and maybe the band is going to come up. They don't, again, we're not bringing the band up. It's, <laughs> it's kind of, but we're going to bring the band up. They're going to play. It's kind of helpful as we pray. Uh, they might sing for those who want to stay and sing. But I just want to simply challenge you with this. Is there is a gift on offer, would you ask for it? A prayer that you guys have been praying at your worship nights on Sundays is, come Holy Spirit, this ancient prayer. But maybe this morning you might want to ask come Holy Spirit and would you come and fill me. Maybe it's come and fill me again. Maybe come and fill me again because it's been 20 years since I've even asked. Whatever it might be for you. But if you want to stand with me as I pray we just want to take a moment we want to wait on the Holy Spirit as we did earlier if you want to put your hands out like you're receiving a gift that can be helpful when our body reflects the posture of our hearts but you don't have to. Also, after I finish praying, there's going to be some prayer team. Do you know where we normally pray? Just right here. Uh, In the book of Acts, we read in Acts 19 that some people were filled and part of their filling, because it's unique. (laughs) When the Holy Spirit comes and fills, we don't need rushing and in fire, right? It's different when we look in the book of Acts, different times people get filled that can come. We just trust the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do. But one thing we sometimes see is that sometimes people, when they're asking, Lord, come and fill me, that there's something about the laying on of hands. And it's in Acts chapter 19. And so if you want prayer, you can just ask Holy Spirit to fill you in your seat. That's a good thing. If you want someone to pray with you, you can, they want to pray with you and they, want, they want to just going to lay their hands on you and they're going to just say, come Holy Spirit, would you fill my brother and my sister? And then we're just going to wait because that's what they did in the upper room and we're just going to trust the Lord. So let me pray uh, for us and then if we just want to take a moment and we're going to wait just for a few minutes and let the Holy Spirit come and fill. Father, we come to you As your children. Sons and daughters. And we thank you that you love us. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you give us good things. And that in you we don't have to fear. Now we are in awe of who you are. In reverence, holy fear of who you are. But we don't have to be afraid of the good gifts you have for us. And Holy Spirit, I know that this promise is for each one in this room that is trusted in you. And so we do pray for those who are here who maybe have never trusted in you, they've never surrendered to the leading of the Spirit in their life to say yes to Jesus, to turn from their sin and to trust Jesus completely for his, their salvation, trusting his death, burial, and resurrection for their salvation. So God, I pray that even this morning, Holy Spirit, that there'd be those who'd respond to your call And for the first time, trust in you. If that's you this morning, you want to trust in Jesus, I'd encourage you to find someone and pray with them. They want to encourage you in that step. But for those of us who in this room have trusted Jesus, for those maybe for the first time, maybe for those for the 152nd time, we just want to wait and we want to say, come Holy Spirit. Would you fill us again? Would you give us this gift? this good gift and holy spirit would you come and dwell and fill me but would you also gush and pour out of me for the sake of the world thank you for listening to today's message we hope it encouraged and blessed you in your walk with our lord jesus christ to keep up with city collective make sure to check us out on instagram and facebook at city collective church have a great week